Hi, I'm Alan. And I'm Alexis. We had five kids in seven years. People think we're crazy, and sometimes we think they might be right. But most of the time, we love it. We hope this is a place where you can learn to be a better parent, but without taking yourself too seriously. Whether you're a new parent or have a few years under your belt, we hope you can find something new to think about. Or laugh about. After all, this is Parenting in Real Life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 84 of Parenting in Real Life. Happy Mother's Day. Post-Mother's Day. A few days late. (laughs) I know, we didn't even say it last week. How embarrassing. Oops. (laughs) Feels about right. (laughs) So for Mother's Day, there was a lot of memes going around about how the real thing moms want is just time to be away from their kids. (laughs) I know, I was like, that's kind of sad, but it feels true. (laughs) Also true. Also, so I tried. I tried alone. so hard. <laughs> I threatened. I coerced. I bribed the kids to just stay away from Alexis. <laughs> Somehow they snuck in a couple of times, but they did pretty good. Alan took them to go on a walk and stuff, so that was nice. And the kids made me breakfast in bed, and a couple of them made notes. We were a little disappointed in the public school system this year. I bank on that. <laughs> At least four free gifts. For Alexis. Well, two of the classes did some little notes or packets. My first grader had the most. That was really cute. He did this little booklet about like, I don't know, something about moms and they like, they just fell in the blank and it was, yeah. it was pretty I love those. I love those fill in the blank things. They're always funny. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the highlights of my day is that we went to church with no masks for the first time woot woot. since March of last year. And it was amazing. Like it just felt everyone felt so happy like you just feel that people were happier and then when it was over it was loud because everyone was talking to each other and it hadn't been like that for over a year it was just it felt amazing it was pretty magical i was surprised how magical because i've kind of been like well we got to get back even if it means we have to wear masks and i'm like nope we have to get rid of masks too yeah like okay we have to get it was like we've been going to church for a long time but with masks and with social distancing and it's Mm -hmm. like that's fine but there's a wall there, a literal wall. And I, in fact, I read an article this morning that said that some people like masks. And I was reading what they were saying about the masks. I was like, this isn't good things you're saying. Hmm. Like, I like that I can just be invisible and nobody knows who I am. Some days I get that, but I also think it's a problem, right? We're supposed to be social people and I'm an introvert, so I get it. But it's not a good thing that we want to be by ourselves and never talk to people. We need that. We need that mm-hmm. interaction. And Sunday proved it for me. It was so nice. Yep. I also love that my kids would yell at each other that it was Mother's Day and they need to be good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't awesome. do that. It's Mother's Day. <laughs> it was awesome. I talked to them. I was like, guys, all mom wants is to not have any of you fight today. And so they tried. They tried really hard. Yes, they did. They did and pretty good. It was a good day. So hopefully you had a good Mother's Day too, and all the women out there were able to enjoy their day. Now we're going to jump right into it with our Hot Mess Hot Minute. This is the Hot Mess Hot Minute, where we sum up our podcast episode in a minute so you can decide if this episode is worth your precious time. So today we're going to be talking about empathy. And as I was doing research about empathy, I read that empathy is something that we all have as humans, but it needs to be worked on and strengthened. It's something that you need to 
continue to develop. So we need to practice and have opportunities to practice. Mm. And the reason that we're doing this today is because of an event that happened in our family this week. <laughs> so bad. I bought popsicles for the kids and I frequently buy popsicles. This wasn't like some special treat. Like every week I go to the grocery store and we're buying popsicles. But for some reason, they were fighting over who could get one first or if they would get one at all, which there were plenty for everyone, but the box ended up hitting something and falling on the ground and it broke something. And I was just like, seriously, they're popsicles that everyone's going to get one, but they had to fight over who was going to get it first. And it was so frustrating to me that they were doing that. All day, every day at our house is like that scene from Seven Brides from Seven Brothers where she makes this awesome meal. And they just go crazy and like <laughs> just destroy it. And she ends up throwing it on the ground because they're so bad. That's how I feel all the time. And our kids are self-centered, but all kids are self-centered. Yeah. All kids like are watching out for themselves and that's natural. That's a normal thing to do at that age. But we don't want it to stay that way. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we also just like want to as quickly as we can get our kids out of this feeling that like I have to protect me and my stuff. We have plenty of stuff. We're not living on the streets. We're not begging for our food. Like we have lots of food and we don't need to be this way. And so that's what inspired this. We're like, we need to teach our kids to look around and mm -hmm. think about what other people want. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think of like, what's the word we're looking for? What's the opposite of being self-centered? And we've talked about sharing and we've talked about waiting. We felt like empathy would be a good topic to talk about. And so that's what we're going to be diving into today. And as I was doing research on this, there are a ton of articles about how to teach your kids empathy and lots of resources. So definitely, if you're looking more into this, I put some in the show notes of the articles that we used. But if you want to do a deep dive, you can go into that. There's a lot there. Mm -hmm. Now, according to the Zero to Three website, empathy is the ability to imagine how someone else is feeling in a particular situation and respond with care. So like you're walking in, someone else's shoes. Empathy includes valuing others' perspectives and people. And this is super complex. So you have to be realistic. And patient. Some of these articles at the end are like, you just have to be patient because as much as you want your kids to learn it right away, it's going to take a lot of practice and a yeah. lot of time, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> right. So it is hard to develop, but they can get there. You just got to practice. So this is what empathy should look like in your child, when they're able to empathize, they're able to understand that they are individual people. They understand that they have different thoughts and different feelings than other people, and that they can recognize the common feelings that most people experience. So like happiness, anger, disappointment, sadness, so all those emotions. And then they're able to look at a particular situation and imagine what that person might be feeling and imagining what that other person is going through. And then maybe how that person might respond. And so now they can comfort them, do a, an appropriate reaction. So how do you teach your kids to actually do this? <laughs> and again, just to emphasize, you can do all these things, but to some degree, it's a developmental thing. Yeah. Kids don't even recognize themselves in the mirror for a while, right? These are the things that psychologists have studied ad nauseum to try and understand, like, when these things happen. And they just don't happen very soon. Mm -hmm. So... And you can go more in depth on certain things as they get older. Like you can start with pretty basic, pretty surface level. And then as, as they get older and start understanding themselves and the world a little bit more, you can go deeper and, mm -hmm. and dive a little bit more in, into each of these things. Yeah. 
So even though it is a learned trait, there's things that can be learned all the time. And in Japan, they let their kids walk a mile away to a store and buy something and come home. So you can do things earlier than you think. <laughs> I was like, what is the connection? But oh, it's connected. I got that. <laughs> if you haven't watched that, watch it. What is that called? I don't know. Is Becoming it, You or something. It's a... Is it on Netflix? It? No, it's on Apple TV. Oh. Really good documentary on how kids develop in their first five years. Fascinating. Also... I think you watched that without me. Yeah. Oh. Feels right. Well, we need to rewatch it. <laughs> it was good. The first thing is to empathize with your child. So saying and validating their feelings rather than saying things aren't scary, etc. Instead of telling them like what their emotions are, because I feel like as parents, you do that. You're like, oh, you're not afraid or no, it's or fine. what their emotions aren't. Yeah, right? right. Yeah. Empathizing with them and allowing them to express their emotion and just sit with that and be okay with that. Like it's not a reflection on you as a parent. If they're angry or sad, that's how they're feeling and just be okay with that. Right. Yeah. I've tried that with our kids a lot lately. Like, man, you must be frustrated. This would be so frustrating. Mm -hmm. They don't dig it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it like maybe it's working, but this is not an immediate solve because my no. kids are like, no, no, no. I hate her. I want you to destroy my sister or whatever. You know, <laughs> like they want revenge for whoever's making them angry or scared or whatever. Uh -huh. So empathy has not been comforting to them. Yeah. And maybe that's a good test of like, are you really sad or scared or hurt? Because it seems like all you want is your sister to get in trouble or whatever. So, yeah, that's true. I think what it is too is just helping them identify their emotions for sure by labeling it because maybe they don't know or they definitely don't know. Yeah. And so I think you can help saying, oh, you're frustrated. Oh, you're disappointed. Or you're so excited, you know, and that helps them start putting words to those emotions so they can mm. better express themselves. Yeah. I think this even applies with like our 10 year old. Oh, yeah. Like she was melting down the other day because of stuff. And I think I got more frustrated with her instead of being like, hey, these are big feelings. These are grown up feelings you're feeling and tried to help her understand those because it's not just happy, angry, frustrated anymore. It's lonely. And then you feel like a misfit and, you know, mm -hmm. bigger, complex bigger feelings. feelings. So the next one is to talk about what other people may be feeling. So. Ask your kids to reflect on what those people are feeling. There was a really interesting study done in Dutch schools, so over 400 Dutch schools, with children ages 8 to 13. And her name is Jelly Sierskma, maybe? Spot on. <laughs> uh, anyway, and her colleagues, they presented kids with a hypothetical situation about a classmate. They told them to imagine that the classmate was a friend and the other half, they told them to imagine that the classmate was not a friend. It's just somebody in their classroom. So the situation was that their classmates turn to stay late and clean up the classroom, which we don't do that in the U.S., but maybe that's something they do in Dutch schools. And she wants to go home as soon as possible because her mom is really sick. And so she asks for your help. What would you do? And so the kids said that it depended on the friendship. The kids who were more willing to stay when they knew it was a friend and they were less willing to stay if it was just a random classmate. But they found that the results changed when the researchers added an extra step to the procedure. So they said instead of immediately asking the children if they would help, they first asked the kids to think about the girl and rate how sad or upset that she was likely to be. 
Then after they rated the emotions, the children showed no bias hmm. in whether it was a friend or the random classmate. They would stay and help either way because now they thought about how she was feeling. So deep. Yeah, it's just super interesting and just a reminder that you can help change how people are judging things by having them reflect on how that person's feeling. Yeah, that's great. Harder to do in high emotion situations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is a setting in school, so they can sit and think about it, you know? Right. Because I try and do this when tensions are high. Like, how do you think your brother feels? And they don't care. So I like some of these things coming up because it is like practicing before the stressful moment. Because once you're in the stressful moment, it's tough. Yeah. Another tip is to be an example of empathy to others. So engage in self-care and self-reflection. Try and find time to regularly engage in an activity, whether it's going for a walk, reading a book, meditating, or praying. That can help you avoid being overwhelmed by stress. Reflect and consult with people you trust when you're having a hard time empathizing with your child. It's hard to empathize with your children when you're feeling stressed. I feel like I'm more edgy with my kids lately because I've been feeling more stressed as we've been living in this renovation and our house is a disaster and I'm doing a lot of extra work. And so I feel stress a lot and I haven't been doing a lot of self-care. And so then I'm stressed about all my kids and it's hard for me to empathize with them because I'm just like, ah, like, stop what you're doing, you know? Right. And so I think if you're making sure that you're taking care of yourself and allowing yourself to be more calm and in control, then you're more likely to be able to help your kids be able to stay calm and in control and empathize. Because that is a key to empathy, right? Like if you go straight to emotion, then you're focusing on yourself automatically. Yeah. Because you're focusing on, I'm stressed. Or, I don't have time for this or whatever. Yeah. And... When you're feeling that way, it's hard to teach kids to do anything different. Mm -hmm. Something else you can do is read to your child. And while you're reading them, especially books that talk about emotions and stuff, but while you're reading to them, have them think about the people in the story and what they're feeling and maybe what needs that they have. Just have them start thinking about these hypothetical situations and then it allows them to connect those dots, you know, and so they can use it in the real life. Yeah. So I like this because this isn't an emotional situation. Yeah. That's tough for all of us. Once you're already emotional to think about the other person, mm -hmm. but this is kind of giving them the language and having the conversations before without emotion. We were just reading, if you give a moose a muffin today and the book is whatever, but the pictures are telling a story beyond what's going on in the words. Mm. Of like this boy is nervous that his mom's going to catch him because she's around in this one. Anyway, I was like, oh, that I could have done that in that book. Like, how do you think he's feeling right now? Why is he doing this? And why is he? Anyway, I was like, oh, I could have done that tonight. There you go. Next time you have story time. Boom. Ask those questions. <laughs> Empathy. So you can also encourage your kids to talk about how they're feeling. An easy way to start this is just ask them about how things went at school. Sometimes it's hard to get kids to talk about their day, but... See if a situation comes up, like with a friend or in their classroom or something, and then just ask them how they felt about it and how they thought other people felt, you know, and just get them talking about those feelings. Mm -hmm. Our kids' school is very good. Their theme is always centered around kindness. Mm -hmm. And so I think encouraging that is is great, right? It recognizes that there's other people. <laughs> yeah. So having your kid write notes do service. Our kids hate service, but they actually love notes. They love writing notes because they get to write on a card and it's fun. And mm -hmm. like yesterday with Mother's Day, 
Alexis was cutting out some cards for her mom and sisters mm -hmm. and Jack and Lucy wanted to do it too. And they wrote these really cute notes for their grandma. And anyway, I think that's a good way to get them thinking about somebody else. Yeah, I think so too. You can also make caring for others a high priority in your family. Just have that be part of your family dynamics, you know, where you're serving others. And that's just something that you do as tanners, you know, or whatever is that you serve others. Yeah. You can also help children develop self-control and manage feelings effectively. So children who are better at regulating their negative emotions tend to show greater empathetic concern for others. So again, you have to kind of slow down. You have to control the bad feelings so that you can be empathetic. They talked about as a parent, you can be an emotion coach. And I was like, what does that entail? <laughs> yeah. So they said that emotion coaching is the practice of talking with your children about their feelings and offering kids strategies for coping with emotional difficult situations. So the goal is to empathize, reassure, and teach. There's a, a source in the show notes where they talk way more into detail about that, but that was just the surface level of just helping your kids come up with these coping strategies, you know, and of how to handle their emotions. And then I think this kind of goes into the guilt versus shame, which is something else, mm -hmm. else that the article was talking about, because as you're teaching your children and helping them with these emotions, it's super important that you don't shame them because that makes them feel helpless or resentful or even angry. But if they're feeling shameful about the emotions that they're having, instead, guilt is better because it's more constructive. If you feel guilty, you're more likely to change what you're doing. I mean, not that you should put a bunch of guilt on them, but like... Just make sure that you're not shaming them in how they're feeling. Yeah. So I think the key it. difference is bad decision versus bad kid. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you're trying to help them see that what they did maybe had an impact that was negative for somebody else. Not you're such a bad person because you did this thing that made somebody else feel bad. Right. Because then that's that's where they feel the shame. Right. Because like, yeah. oh, I'm I'm a bad person. Right. Rather than I made a bad choice. Bad choices can be fixed. Bad yeah. kids can't, right? I think that can be part of it too. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, you did this thing and look what it did, but you know what? Let's go make it better. And then the last thing is to provide opportunities for your children to practice empathy. So one thing that they suggested that I really liked was hold a family meeting when there's a conflict and allow your family to work it out together. And that's a good way to sit down, obviously not in the heat of the moment, but maybe later talking about something that happened or something that's going on and allow people to practice within your own family unit. So that way, as they get older and they have friends and or in different situations and stuff, they know how to handle those high emotions and those conflict. Yeah. Love it. And so a lot of this that I was looking up was really centered around like your family unit, because that's what we're struggling with right now is just finding those the emotional balances within our own family seal, I think because our children are so young. But as your kids start doing better with your family, then you can take that empathy further and help them start to empathize with people who aren't in their close circle of family and friends. And so then they can appreciate all kinds of people and especially those who are different from them. So I think that's definitely next level, right? It's just sure. being able to see the world differently, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if that's easier or harder. These articles seem to think that that was harder, that most people are able to empathize with their own family members. Which easier. Easier. I feel like our family struggles with that, but these articles seem to think so. And that it's harder to relate to people who are not like you. Yeah. Where your family members usually are. 
I guess that's true. My only thought is like sometimes you seem really close to your family, but there's actually like significant age and personality gaps that are different. Mm -hmm. But when you can see that somebody is a different color than you or, you know, like whatever, like Mm -hmm. those differences are more obvious. And so it's easier to be like, yeah, they would have a different experience than me because so many things about them are different. They're from a different country or they're a different gender or race or anything. But to actually understand what they're going through, I think I get how that would be harder. Yeah. Because you could see that, yes, they must be different, but it would be hard to know how they're different and how it is different to to go through those things. Yeah. So one of the resources that I found that I really liked, there were growth mindset charts and key strategies by age. And so I felt like it just had some really good tips to go through depending on the age of your children. So I would suggest looking at that one in the show notes too. It just gave like three activities of things that you can do with your kids at the different age levels to help them practice. I tried something today. It kind of kind of worked. Yeah. <laughs> we did a, a family home evening and I have these emotion cards that I used for when I was teaching English to kids online. And so I had these 10 cards and I had each of the kids, they would pick one and then do charades about that emotion. Then they had to guess the emotion. And so the kids had a lot of fun and it was just a way to just talk about the emotions, you know, and for them to express those. Cause even some of the suggestions in in those things is have your kids join drama so they can practice all the different emotions. And so it was just a way for them to practice and they're identifying. And so even though it was a game, it's not like we were sitting down and chatting about it. You know, I think there it's a way for them to start to identify those emotions and see how they look on different people's faces and stuff like that. And so they can see that and hopefully start to understand when they recognize that, like, Oh, my brother's disappointed because I know what that looks like. You know, disappointed is different than sad is different than lonely. And yeah, they all look the same and are all kind of, related but there's different root causes and different solutions yeah yeah i thought it was good it was good i also tried to practice mindfulness with them for a minute that was not good <laughs> probably should have gone with 10 seconds i tried to do a minute we didn't even last 10 seconds like we didn't i don't think we even went two seconds without anybody saying something maybe it was too silly after the game or something like that but they just could not do it I'm like okay another time or we yeah. need to practice more or something but something <laughs> <laughs> but the, it was rough. identifying the emotions that was that was all right it was good <laughs> so good luck teaching your kids empathy <laughs> good luck thanks everyone for listening alexis thanks for your great research and your amazing editing and alan thanks for showing up happy to help you can follow us on Instagram at Alexis Tanner Lane or find us on our website at alexistannerlane.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure to tell a friend. That's the best way for people to find out about our podcast. And if you haven't already, give us a rating. And as always, a special thanks to our five kids for being kids. <laughs>